Welcome to Life on the Hill. If this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended for Hamilton College students and the Hamilton College community to hear the voices of people committed to the success of Hamilton College students. My name is Travis Hill and I'm the host of this program. In this episode, we hear from Jack Withiam, member of the class of 1971 and parent of members of the classes of 2016 and 2020, as well as life trustee. This interview was conducted on March 6th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining me, Jack. You're welcome. Happy to be here. So you're on campus for the trustee meeting, correct? That's correct. We have uh, four trustee meetings a year. Uh, There's one in October, sometimes late September. Mm -hmm. Then there's one in December. That's always in New York. And then March uh, time frame uh, before the break. Mm -hmm. And then we have one that ties in with the unions uh, in June. Right. Got it. So... I'm interested to hear more what the role of a trustee is, but before we get to that, let's go back to what brought you to Hamilton as an undergraduate student. Well, that's an interesting uh, story. I actually was the first child in my family to go to college. I had no clue what Hamilton College was. Mm -hmm. Uh, I fortunately had a very good advisor in my high school, which was a for an upstate New York high school, was quite large. Mm -hmm. Uh, Little town, though, but Horsehead's New York. Mm But it was fairly large, and it was my advisor who suggested Hamilton College. What's Hamilton College? Right. And back then, in the days where you didn't go on a website, there were none of those things. You mm-hmm. had to write and get a uh, publication. I looked through that, uh, very interested. I was very strong academically. Uh, I played basketball in uh, high school, but of course, actually back then, colleges like Hamilton did not recruit athletes. Oh, okay. You got in, and then you wanted to play a sport, you walked on. Okay, sure. It was through that advisor, and then after I got in, there was a fellow who I played basketball against in high school who also went, got into Hamilton Mm -hmm. from Homer, New York, Mm -hmm. and we decided, well, let's go to Hamilton. Yeah. One of the other funny parts of that was back then there was a New York State Regents Scholarship, Mm -hmm. and it was all of $300 a year, which was a lot of money not just back then, but a lot of a lot of money to to me and my family. Yeah. And uh, the other place I got into was Dartmouth. You can't take a Regent scholarship, New York State Regent scholarship, out of state. Right. That helped me make my decision. Obviously, delighted with that decision. Yeah. It all worked out. It seems so. It seems so. So, what was that like coming to campus and being a student, especially as a first generation college student, for you? Well, I certainly didn't know what to expect. I had visited the college a couple of times. First time, I think there was probably piles of snow six feet high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it would look like a winter wonderland. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it took me a little while. Uh, I knew two or three uh, other students here. Mm-hmm. That helped. Sure. And I would say after maybe two or three weeks, you start getting your grounding. Mm-hmm. And then I found some people who wanted to play basketball. It was pre before the season started, and we mm-hmm. were just going over and doing pickup games. Uh, and I think one of the other things that helped, I know it's different now, but we were able to get involved with fraternities earlier on. Oh, sure. And I developed some very close relationships with upperclassmen, mm-hmm. some of whom played basketball. You know, I just became comfortable. I became comfortable because I developed friendships. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So you've seen the college change in so many ways. I don't even know where to start to <laughs> ask you how your relationship with the college and how you view the college has changed and grown and evolved over the years. Well, it certainly has grown. 
when I came here, it was a uh, student body of probably around 750 men. Mm-hmm. Uh, the orientation of the campus was not north and south as it is now, or people coming across Martin's Way. It was really east and west. It was going up and down the, the hill. Mm-hmm. I lived three years in Sayu, which is now Skenandoah. Mm-hmm. So it was coming from classes down the hill through the Bristol Campus Center, which was really the campus center. Mm-hmm. It's where you got your mail. It's where the bookstore was. Mm-hmm. And then down to the fraternity house and back up again. Uh, it was also a very open environment. Yes, we had fraternities. I spent a lot of time in many of the other fraternities. Mm-hmm. And we were close friends with even those you know, people who were independents. You just, you just knew everybody. Yeah. But so the campus has changed in terms of its size, mm-hmm. uh, buildings, but all to the good. Yeah. And so you also made a transition in your relationship to the college when you became a parent of Hamilton students. Oh, that was fun and games. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about that because I think it's indicative of what Hamilton is and what it certainly means to me. Mm-hmm. So our daughter graduated. I have two older boys. They did not come to Hamilton. But my daughter, very, very good soccer player, mm-hmm. interested in playing soccer in college. Sure. Uh, she was recruited by some D1 schools. But she, on a whim, she came up here for a soccer camp. Yep. And she met Colette. She, she played that weekend. I stayed hidden. I really mm-hmm. did. I was down at uh, the farm at the end of the bottom of the hill. Yep. And uh, she got in the car, and she didn't say anything for the longest time. I said, how was it? She said, it was fun. Then as we turned south at Albany to go down the thruway, she gets a phone call. It was Colette. Mm-hmm. And they talk for a while, and she hangs up, doesn't say anything. And I said, well, what was that all about? She said, well, that was the coach. What'd she say? She said, well, she told me I was a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And it was that relationship that she started building. Yeah. So at the end of the day, she was, came down to Amherst in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything to me. I tried to stay out of the discussion. Yep, good Wh- job. Wise, wise thing for parents to do. Yep. And she was rolling on a foam roller on the floor of our family room. Mm-hmm. I was watching a hockey game or something, and... Uh, she says, oh, by the way, did mom tell you I decided to apply early decision to Hamilton? Mm. I get the little lump in my throat. Of course. I um, don't overreact or anything. I said, no, that's great. Uh, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, absolutely. And I said, uh, why? And she said, everybody there is nice. Mm-hmm. Now, as a graduate, as a trustee, what a better thing to hear then your daughter thinks everybody at Hamilton is nice. But she's right. Absolutely. That's great. That's a great story. And then your son is here, too. Now we have a son. He, my daughter graduated in the next uh, so eight, eight straight years of tuition. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, he um, He's going to graduate in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll see where, where things take him next. Mm-hmm. He's a music major, and our daughter was a uh, – she double majored in comparative literature and classics. That's great. So – you came as a first-generation college student, and then you have legacy students coming through Hamilton. How did you see their experience differ from yours? Well, I think the opportunities are much greater today than what we had back then, particularly in course opportunities. Mm-hmm. If you look at the selections we had, we had English, math, I mean, but, the, but the, the way things are differentiated and the number of course selections are mm-hmm. so much greater. Mm-hmm. 
I think the open curriculum that we had, that we have now, is a huge advantage. I think I'm sure Monica would say the same thing in terms of admissions. Mm -hmm. Back then, we had set courses. Mm -hmm. We had to do two years of public speaking. Mm -hmm. The writing program was a writing program. It wasn't embedded in the other subjects where you have writing intensive courses today. So, you know, in, in that way, I've just seen this evolve. And I think our, my own students and my own kids have very much enjoyed that open curriculum mm -hmm. and being able to pursue what they love as opposed to, I've got to take one distribution course in the humanities and one in the social sciences and one in the sciences. And, uh, you know, you still encourage children, and I certainly encourage mine, to explore. Mm -hmm. That's the great value of a liberal arts education is mm -hmm. you can try things that you may never get a chance to try again. Sure. So get outside of that comfort zone. So even though it's open curriculum and, gee, I love math, I'm only going to concentrate on math, the reality is is try anthropology. Mm -hmm. try, try something else. Agreed. Absolutely. So. That's great advice. So let's now dig into the trustee piece. So how do you become a trustee and what is that role? There's so many people on the board now that got involved early on uh, through, one, their love of the school and their close relationships they built when they were here mm -hmm. that carry on. And, and believe me, these relationships with the friends that you develop in college at Hamilton today will be with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I got involved, and there's a fellow here, Joe Anderson, who was in uh, head of development and just got to know Joe. I think I actually started out, I was head of the New York Metropolitan Alumni Association. Uh -huh. And then I got involved in a couple of capital campaigns. Mm -hmm. And one thing evolved to another. Um, my direct route was I had no problem asking people for money. Mm -hmm. Joe loved that. I'm sure. And so I became chair, first vice chair, and then chair of the annual fund. And that was the route I took to becoming a trustee. Mm -hmm. First year alumni trustee, usually there's a hiatus. Uh, I think I was off for a year and then I was elected as a charter trustee, which is a bit of a life sentence until you're 70 when you have to become a life trustee. You step down after that point. So the capital campaign you mentioned, what is the role of the trustees in the capital campaign and what is the purpose of capital campaigns? Well, there, there's various forms of funding for a college, but the role of the trustee in a campaign, one, is to be generous. We are really, I think one of our core responsibilities is to sustain the school. Mm -hmm. And much of that is financial. Sure. So we are all willing to you know, dip into our pocketbooks and support the school as, as need be. The other part is also to be willing to go out and convey the message to others. Uh, which I'm more than happy to do and do do, uh, speaking with others about how they can become involved with the college in a, in a very fundamental way of giving and, and uh, trying to recognize what might interest them. You always want to make the donor feel good about the money they're giving. Sure. Uh, at the same time, you want to make, meet the priorities of the college. So trying to find that where those intersect is right. important. Mm -hmm. So the trustees, you give, you ask others to give, and you give guidance. I mean, trustees, we're at, we're at a 30,000-foot level. We're not here to micromanage uh, the way the administration runs the school. Sure. Uh, that, that's not our role. Our role is to really be strategic. 
how do you do that? From the 30,000 foot level, what are the strategies? What are the pieces that you look at and think these are the ways that I can be helpful in leading this college forward? Well, the college functions on a committee basis, which all institutions do. So you get involved in, uh, in com- on committees where you feel you have insight. Uh, you might be able to provide some strategic direction. Uh, I sit on buildings, grounds, and equipment for one thing, which I've uh, done, I think, forever. Mm-hmm. But I've been involved in capital projects like that. And so I'm, I'm more than willing and I think helpful when I get uh, in those committee discussions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the committee discussions are not just on trustee weekends. Committees, mm-hmm. that's the function of the committees is we can actually have conference calls, we can have meetings in New York City, mm-hmm. and then maybe everything coalesces and we bring it back to the board. So it's it's an opportunity for the staff to bounce ideas off of us. Mm-hmm. They provide us information, they try to get our reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the best thing we can do in some ways is be critical. Sure. Not just be sure and you're not trying to rubber stamp something, you're just trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And part of being helpful is being critical at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fresh eyes looking at certain yep. situations. Yep. Absolutely, that makes sense. So it's interesting that when you describe the 30,000 foot piece, which is not surprising to me, but other members of our community may not realize the level of depth of the relationship and decision making. So while you're here this weekend, students are having a rally to talk about climate change. I'm curious, from the trustee perspective, how do you view that? I think just like we are critical of things that are coming out of the, the, the college, the students should be critical of things that they feel are important to them and they're meaningful. Uh, you know, on, on the climate change, I think everybody recognizes that there are issues with climate change. Whether divestment, if that's where this is going, is the right answer. Mm-hmm. It may be. Mm-hmm. But I said before that what the most important role for the trustees to me is the sustainability. Maybe a little ironic here, but the sustainability sure. of the college. Mm-hmm. And that's meaning you need the financial wherewithal to do what you want to do, to mm-hmm. give the scholarships that you want to give, to support the programs, to, to properly compensate faculty mm-hmm. so you can have the strongest faculty possible. If that means that in a portfolio of X, a s- small portion is devoted to an investment that's a smart investment financially that may not square with an ideology, you know, sometimes you have to have trade-offs. You, you know, we all, we all compromise every day on things. So it's, it's, nothing's ever black and white. There's, yeah. there's always gray areas. You know, longer term, fossil fuel investments may not be the best place to be financially. Sure. So yeah, then you make you. that decision. But, you know, students coming up and, and talking about that, we're all, I think we're all approachable mm-hmm. and always happy to talk with them. And I'm, I'm glad they care about these things. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Thank you. So one of the things you mentioned earlier is about lifelong friendships, and you have a significant reunion coming up. Can you talk about those friendships and how they've lasted through the years and what you're enthusiastic about for your reunion? Oh, looking forward to it. I think what's amazing is so many of us have been in touch for so long over the years that I I know we're shocked that it's our 50th, Mm -hmm. but it's not like many of us will see somebody and not have a clue who they are because we haven't seen them for 50 years. Mm -hmm. We have. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting as we're putting together our 50th reunion class, you know, these are the people out there spearheading this. How many people are willing to step up and participate? 
because we all know one another. Sure. And it again, it doesn't mean that I'm calling just my fraternity brothers and saying, would you be on this committee? It's calling people from across the campus who are part of my class of 1971 mm-hmm. and saying, let's have the best reunion possible, get everybody back, mm-hmm. and having you involved would be long go a long way to making that happen. Mm-hmm. And nobody has said no yet. Yeah, that's great. That's really so, great. Looking forward to it. I bet. So how have those relationships that you've had played out? Where have you shown up for each other? You hear the stories of you go to college and you make your friends for life, and it sounds like that's been your experience. Well, I guess the most obvious example of that is my fraternity brother and, and classmate and best friend, uh, Jeff Little. Mm-hmm. I, I left Hamilton. I went to law school. I went down to New York. And Jeff talked me into joining his family-run trade show business. So this is a business that he was third generation. So it was started in 1924. I left Citibank with, what, 75,000 employees to go join this small privately held family company. Mm-hmm. That was that was friendship. Yeah. I can also say that my first job at Citibank was a Hamilton connection, too. But mm-hmm. So that's played out over the years. We, when, when I was on the road, I was traveling. I'd be in Chicago. I would look up another friend that I knew there. If I was in San Francisco and I traveled an awful lot, there was always a Hamilton connection. Mm-hmm. And I would make sure that we got together for dinner one night or breakfast one morning. We've all just stayed close to one another. That's great. That's really great. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. So you've had many roles on this campus. You've been connected to this campus for years. Are there pieces of advice you have for our current students, for parents of our students, any of the roles and and positions you've held? I would say the advice to the students is is to explore. Mm -hmm. You've got two years before you have to declare a major. Don't get focused on one thing. I know, I think the great story uh, is with Ed Taylor in the Taylor Science Building who came to Hamilton and wanted to be a poet. You probably have heard this story. I haven't. Wanted to be a poet. And then he realized he had to take a course in science. Mm -hmm. So he took a course in science, chemistry. He flipped a coin between biology and chemistry. This is a story. Mm -hmm. Came up chemistry, took a course in it, and he loved it. By the time he was a junior, he'd taken every chemistry course here. He started taking extra courses at Cornell. He then became a professor at Princeton Mm -hmm. in chemistry. He invented a number of things, or discovered a number of things, but actually invented some some chemicals. I'm trying to think of the one that he, but it was a cancer drug. Mm-hmm. He gave the money to Hamilton. He's given it to other institutions, but he gave us $16 million and overall more than that for the science building, the Taylor Science Building. And it was all because he said, I had to take a science course, and I fell in love with chemistry here at Hamilton. That's awesome. That's amazing. So you got to, you know, then he had to do it. Today, you don't have to do it. Right. I would encourage every student to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as you, as you go through this campus, students should remember that it's here thanks to the generosity of people that went before them. Mm-hmm. I came to Hamilton on a scholarship. Where did the money come from? I don't know. Yeah. But I know it was because of somebody else's largesse that I was able to attend here. I'm very grateful for that, and that's one of the reasons I give back. Half of our students are on some form of scholarship aid, Hamilton Grant. As they go forward, to the extent that they can, 
they should remember their alma mater and help students coming from uh, the next generation mm-hmm. to have the same opportunities that they had. Yeah, that's great. That's really great and a great point. It's interesting to think about, but when I think about you, and especially when you talk about your relationship with Jeff Little, the two of you as a tandem over the course of nearly a quarter of the college's history have done so much to make this place what it is today. How does that feel? Well, when you talk about your best friend, it's pretty easy to talk about it. Um, You know, he's been an outstanding figure in the college's history. Uh, He's been chair of the annual fund. He was life trustee. He's been vice chair under, I think, well, a couple of, he's vice chair under A.G. Lafley, and he's vice chair under Steve Sadoff. He has been instrumental in so many things, and we support one another as he does a little squash court. I'll buy us, you know, I'll do a squash court there. When mm-hmm. we did Withium Field, he was totally behind that one because, mm-hmm. you know, the funding goes to a certain point, and then you need additional donors to make these things happen. Right. You know, it's it's been a real pleasure to spend so much time up here on the hill with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we walk around now and then a little nostalgic, and we mm-hmm. remember days of years gone past, and, and uh, it's just been great fun. That's good. Would you have any stories that you feel comfortable sharing that when the two of you wander around and have your nostalgic moments, what do you go back to? <laughs> well, probably one little story was that, um, you know, we've, we've often discussed, so where are you going to be buried? This, is, this sounds a little uh, morbid, maybe. I know he wants to go to the college cemetery. I may have to talk my wife into going with me because I'm not going to separate from her. But sure. you walk around the college cemetery and you realize all of the fabulous people from a century and a half ago or two mm-hmm. centuries ago. But then you see people like Bob Simon mm-hmm. uh, in in there. You know, people that we were really, really close to. I was very close to Bob Simon. Yeah. Uh, never took a course from him. Interesting. And you know, so I'll, go, I'll do a little aside here. I never took a course from Bob. I think he taught me as much as I could possibly know about philosophy on the golf course. Uh-huh. And he's just he was just one of the most generous, wonderful men that I've ever met. When I um so I I retired and my daughter was just coming up here and she played soccer and lacrosse. And in 4 years I missed 4 games wow. total of those two sports, home and away. Wow. One of those games was an away game against Tufts because I was up here speaking at Bob Simon's retirement party. Yeah. Uh, but again, a person I never took a course from, but he touched so many lives. Mm-hmm. He's in that cemetery to get back to the cemetery. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's, that's one of the conversations mm-hmm. that we've had, but we've seen so many changes and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at whether it's the Kennedy Center that we're in now, yes. what a gorgeous facility mm-hmm. and, and you know, integral part of the community this is, to Sadoff Center, to look at look at all of the new dorms that we have that mm-hmm. because we remodeled the fraternity houses, yep. and the athletic facilities. I, pl- I played basketball here. I was captain of the basketball team my last year, and when I look at, you know, we were just talking about athletics. If you go back even six seven years ago, mm-hmm. the changes between you know, the Good Friend Field and, and uh, the Delaney Team Center, locker rooms, mm-hmm. uh, the, the new indoor 
facility that we have for not just varsity athletes, but the entire community. Absolutely. Everybody gets to play in there. Yeah. So when you look around, what are the things that you're most proud of about Hamilton? It's always the students. The, the most positive thing I can do when I'm here is sitting down with students, just getting to know them and, you know, shooting the breeze. Mm-hmm. And you realize, boy, I wouldn't get in here today. These kids are <laughs> really, really smart. Mm-hmm. They're very focused, but they also got smiles on their faces. And I, So I've always said what I do for the college I do because of the students, the mm-hmm. students that are here now and the students that will come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is what I really enjoy doing when I walk around this campus, saying hello to the students. And sometimes they see you coming and I'm just an old man, so you know, they sort of start looking off and then you say hi to them and all of a sudden they turn and give you the biggest smile. Yeah, It's very rewarding. It's great. This has been great. Thank you so much for taking me. Travis, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks. That was Jack Withiam, member of the class of 1971 and life trustee. Stay tuned for future episodes. This is Life on the Hill.